Support for today's show comes from Deloitte. What does the future look like? By melting business acumen and innovative technology, Deloitte can help you build the future only you can imagine. They can help engineer solutions for your business reality today and your vision for tomorrow to get you to a world where you don't just dream it, you build it. See how you can engineer advantage with Deloitte at Deloitte.com slash US slash engineering advantage. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. In unscripted conversations with investment professionals, you'll hear real stories about successes and lessons learned, informed by decades of investment experience. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. New episodes are available monthly. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes in an episode today. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Welcome to The Vergecast, the flagship podcast of procedurally generated four on the floor. I'm your friend David Pierce, and this is the second episode in our three-part series about AI. What we're trying to do in these episodes is not just talk about AI as a theory or fast forward a dozen or a hundred years to when AI takes over the world and kills us all, but actually look at what AI is really doing in our lives right now. This week, we're going to talk about how AI is changing music. And we actually got started down this particular rabbit hole while we were making last week's episode about cloning your voice. Because in the making of that episode, we discovered this tool called Voiceify.ai that claims to be able to train a model to sound not like your speaking voice, but your singing voice. As far as I can tell, Voiceify isn't really a production tool so much as it is sort of a silly tool to let you make songs using voices like, I don't know, SpongeBob SquarePants. Or Michael Jackson's voice. Come my driver's license last week, just like we always talked about. But you can also train it with your own. So obviously, I had to test that. So I got out my mic, put on some headphones, and I spent about an hour singing a few of my favorite songs into a recorder. I'm not going to play those recordings for reasons of my own embarrassment, but also because, trust me, literally no one needs to hear that. But the thing is, you're kind of about to hear my voice anyway, or at least what Voiceify.ai thinks I sound like. The process is kind of weird. You upload a bunch of stuff, it processes your voice, and then you just plug in a YouTube URL. It tries to extract the vocals, then sort of paste yours back in, and then rewrite the song using your voice. It's wonky, but it's super fun and pretty quick. So without further ado, please welcome to the stage... AI David Pierce singing I Want to Hold Your Hand by the Beatles. It's actually not bad. Like, I cannot stand the sound of my own singing voice, but that does kind of sound like me, I think. At least until you get a little further into the song, and then it all just completely falls apart. And when I touch you, I feel happy inside. Okay, I could do this forever. We made a lot of songs, but I'll only do one more here. This is Suspicious Minds by Elvis Presley by AI David Pierce. We call it a trap. I can't walk out. Because I love you too 
Oh, Lord. Okay, let's just move on before this goes any further off the rails or everyone stops listening because of my voice. Let's bring in a couple of actual musicians to talk about how AI is changing the way we make music. My guests today are Charlie Harding, a songwriter and the co-host of the wonderful podcast Switched on Pop, who has been on this show before. He is responsible for Laser Bong. It's a laser bong. It's a bong. And Ian Kimmel, a producer and songwriter who has worked with everyone from BTS to Mary J. Blige to Netflix and the NBA. Ian also runs a company called Biscuit Head Collective, which works with artists of all sizes to make songs. So you could say AI is very important to both of these people and their livelihood going forward. And I want to know how they're thinking about it right now and how it fits in. Charlie Harding, welcome back to The Vergecast. Thank you for having me. Good this is it's just delightful having you back. It always gets weird when you're here, which is my favorite thing about having you here. <laughs> it's going to get weird today. <laughs> uh, Ian Kibble, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thank for you here. so much for having me as well. Okay, so I want to do this episode in two parts. Sure. Talking about AI is very complicated because you end up having to talk about like the cool things it can be, and then the terrifying things about it, and then we're all going to die, and it's illegal all at the same time. So we're just going to split those things apart. Yeah. So for the first half of the show, I want to talk like super practical how this stuff actually works, what you can do with it. You're both professional musicians. I want to talk about like how this actually works like in the world. And then we're going to take a break. We're going to collect ourselves. And then we're going to talk about our feelings. Yeah. Does that sound good? That you guys good go. at that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I gave you guys some homework and we're going to get to it in a minute. And it's very exciting. But I think the first place I want to start is like, if you're a working musician today in September of 2023, are you thinking about AI in your day-to-day like at all right now? I am as a music reporter. Sure. But in terms of making music, I think we probably share this. The only tool I've really used to assist in any part of the creative process has been ChatGPT, but even that is quite limited. Interesting. That's not yeah. at all what I would have guessed. Oh, yeah. So how are you using it right now? Like, where would ChatGPT fit in? You can use it as a rhyming dictionary. Ooh, okay. But it hasn't come into my life very much. I mean, I, I wanted to bring Ian into this conversation because I feel like he kind of has, I think he has the most skin in the game. Sure. Because on top of being a record producer, he's got, you know, platinum records, Grammy nominations. He also runs a business where he will help you take your indie track and make it a like top 40 professional style song. So if there's anyone who probably cares about the world of AI replacing musical things, like, I mean, he's directly invested in it. So I'm curious, has, how has AI been in your life? I mean, the number one thing to think about, at least when I'm jumping into it, is generally, you know, we, we, we go back a couple decades and we're looking at people like going to tape and that kind of thing. And then we have things like VSTs, the plugins replacing all that. So now we're getting into this new era of AI and like all these new technologies coming out that the number one thing I'm paying attention to is just trying to be current. I'm young. I'm in my 20s. But at the same time, with all this technology we have to do, like it has to, we always have to keep up with the times. Otherwise, we're going to get left behind. But there is so many amazing functions going on inside of it. And me being a music professional who is a musician that can play multiple instruments and program drums and all that kind of stuff, it doesn't come into my world as often as like a new music producer would. Okay. Mm. Um, just because there's so many. So you think tools. if you were starting fresh right now mm -hmm. trying to get in the game you think you would be maybe more invested in figuring out some of the ai definitely. stuff definitely yeah if i okay. didn't know how to program drums there's you can just pull up this one vst that allows you to program drums with a hit of a button it automatically reads your tempo um, you can set the vibe that you want and then you got drums and then you click the button again and then you have a variation of that and it just there's so many tools that it's creating to really save time and also in the learning process it's a bigger jump it's a lot quicker so it's it's allowing new music producers to be able to jump on way quicker. 
But that being said, the thing I only really use in my professional life would be ChatGPT. For the same reason? Rhyming dictionaries, all that stuff? Not as much for me. Sometimes lyric editing. Okay. Um, to see if I can like pull something better out of it. Not as often, but the most I'm actually using it for is writing well-converting business emails. <laughs> like That's the top thing I'm using chat That's for. your your hit album, well-converting business emails. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sounds like a great vaporwave album. <laughs> Let's make that. But yeah, that's the top thing I'm using it for is this time. It's you know, it's uh, the sidebar of the music industry is the business of the music industry, but it's something that's very important for somebody like me who's trying to afford to live in New York, you know? Yeah, for sure. So is there is there anything that feels like you would love to offload part of the process to AI where I feel like, you know, everybody in who does sort of normal desk jobs is like loves AI because it can write their emails, right? right. And that feels yeah. like the kind of thing that it's like, this isn't really my job, but it's a thing I have to do as part of my job. So like terrific if I can offload that. Amazing. I mean, we were uh, we were talking about this just yesterday. I'm very jealous of Ian because he has uh, a team of people that work with him to help him do all the prep work, which is really boring. So slow. prepping a mix session takes forever. You have to cut out all the silences. You have to get everything in the right order. You have to color the tracks, tuning vocals, aligning mm-hmm. things. A lot of things do have creative choices that happen in them, but there can be just dozens of hours a week of prep work that usually is handled by an assistant or an engineer and I don't finish songs often because I'm like, I don't want to spend my entire day (laughs) doing all this prep work, which not only slows me down, but it also it drags me down as well. Like it puts me in a creative hole where what I need to do is just like get right into my creative state. But I have to do that five hours into staring at my computer. So there's a lot of things that I would love for it to automate. And at this point, it's not replacing anything I'm doing or my assistants are doing. But there is technology now coming out that is helping with it. But I think we're just on the verge of that. Um, I saw one last week that, so we talk about the stems of a song, all the different instruments and vocals and everything. And if someone, you know, a lot of times will get it from the producer or the artist and nothing will be labeled. So we have to go through and listen to every single one. (laughs) And now there's a new technology where you can enter in your stems and it can name exactly what they are and you can choose how they're named and everything like that. So at this point, there is new technology coming out that can really save us a lot of time, save my assistants in particular a lot of time. But we're just on the verge of that, which is personally really exciting. For me. Yeah. And, and it's important because, like, if you were to mix the artist Jacob Collier, who's a Grammy winning artist, what is a, a small session of his? Like 400, oh, yeah, 500 tracks? Good right. So if those haven't been labeled, you got 400 to 500 tracks. I th- Apple literally expanded the number of tracks that their uh, DAW logic can have because he was feeling like he was uh, hamstrung by the number of tracks yep. they could have. So you can have these huge sessions if things are unlabeled. I mean, it could take an entire day just to get things set up properly so, so you can make time. Yeah. yeah, that's a really good example. I mean, it's it is kind of the the like the work about the work, and that's so much of AI. Like we talk about this even with like what Google and Microsoft are doing, where it's like you can't do your actual sort of meaningful work better, but you can turn an Excel spreadsheet into a PowerPoint deck more quickly. And that's where we are with AI in a lot of places, mm-hmm. I think. And that's that's fine and good. But yeah, I just feel like there's a there's a leap away before it starts being more than that. Like, do you feel like you're in a moment of existential business questions about like how do I do this job? We're gonna get to much more of that later. Yeah, for sure. Preview no, it for us no, now. The toes in the water. Yeah. yeah. No, it's definitely it, I'm, I am not worried at all, nor should anybody in my company be worried about, like, <laughs> you know, for it's just minuscule tasks at this point. There is, you know, there's things rolling through my head like, okay, we have the STEM technology to read the STEMs. So that means, you know, it, 
AI can't hear critically, but it can like read waves and all that kind of stuff to really understand what's going on. So it can tell what different elements are. You can reference things that sound good, and then it could like mix your song in a way that sounds good. And you know, it's that is not at a point we are at right now that technology hasn't been made. But I see it in the future for possibly being able to automate some of the bigger jobs that we have. But just the data set that you would need in order to create that would be. Incredible, you know. Totally. Yeah. yeah I so. mean, music is music creation, though a big business, is often a lot of a lot of the companies that serve the music professionals. They're small businesses. I mean, some of them are multi-million dollar businesses. But, you know, if you look at like the synthesizer companies, mm-hmm. they're like a dozen people. They're using really old technology from the 70s often. There are a handful of, you know, certainly music te- technology companies that are working in AI, but they don't have the resources of Google, right? In fact, some of the tools we've used uh, for fun have been created by Google as sort of like side throwaway projects. And so one of the big problems, I think, in servicing music professionals is large, good data sets that might exist for, you know, uh, helping us make PowerPoints because how many PowerPoints exist, but getting access to good data. I mean, I remember The Verge had an amazing article written by a a former uh, journalist here, Danny Deal, who talked about the metadata problem within music Mm -hmm. and just like people don't submit the metadata to the streaming services for you to then know how to get paid. So there's just like the data problem is already such a significant problem throughout the music industry more broadly. Making tools that are built off of that training data for our subset, the fairly niche industry, I'm you know skeptical and expect the best tools probably being things that are appropriated from the larger tech companies. Got it. Okay. All right. So the the super primitive nature of all of this makes me very excited for what's about to happen, <laughs> <laughs> which is that I basically told you I wanted to talk about some of the specific tools that are out there and how they're using them. And the two of you went like several orders of magnitude beyond that. And you just made AI music is essentially my understanding of what happened here. We made music music. using only AI tools. Okay. I want to walk through this whole process. I want to hear the thing that you made. I have not heard any of this. I'm very excited. But before you get into it, how was this process? You did this with like very little notice or time. Has this, (laughs) was this like, was this fun? Was this awful? Was this, did you make the worst thing you've ever made in your lives and you hate it forever? Like, how did it feel? I feel like, Ian, you make stuff just every single day. How is this different for you? I'm curious. I'm so happy I was doing it with him, first of all. <laughs> like a lot of other people, this would have been so frustrating. But I felt like I had a broken leg the whole time. It slowed down the process. Uh, and it's not just like figuring out these tools and how to use them. It's how to like, we had to restart and manipulate audio in a way after using the AI to actually get it to fit in correctly, which was, you know, so time consuming when it's like one of the tools we used was just to create a simple base, which was just a sine wave. And I could have pulled up a plugin and done it in 30 sure. seconds. But in order to try and create a sine wave using some of these things, it took us 10 minutes, you know? So it was just a slow process just going through the entire thing. And, you know, it's really fun getting starter ideas and little things that I personally wouldn't think of and pulling those in. But using it for the entire process was very inhibiting. <laughs> yeah, I believe that. Yeah, I mean, learning any new tool is always going to slow you down, like with any studio tool as well. Like if you get new equipment in the studio, you got to kind of spend an hour learning it. So they're definitely, we, we were um, held back by using new things while trying to be creative at the same time. That said, most of the material that we put together would have been a lot easier if we could have just used the existing tool sets that we already have. So it was a fun exercise, uh, a set of constraints. Uh, and a fun excuse to hang out and make a song together. Love it. Let's so let's let's do it. Walk me through like okay. you, you sit down to do this. Where do you even where do you start? 
Well, I had done a little bit of research the night before to make sure, and you know, I, I, I cover music, and so I had a list of things I was curious about exploring, and we thought that we should probably begin with an idea, right? Like typically a good song is going to have some kind of hook, some kind of core idea that's going to guide it so that we know which direction to go in. And we figured we could use ChatGPT, which is the, you know, that would be the top of the funnel. Everyone knows it. Let's see if we can Love use it. that for some sort of creative purpose. And so I came into the room and I had been talking about, I've just started a, a teaching position, which is really fun for me. I'm teaching a, a, a music school and I actually didn't finish my music major. So there's kind of this like imposter syndrome <laughs> that I have of uh-huh. going into class every day and teaching something where I, I kind of dropped that major. And so I thought, well, let's, let's go with that idea. And then I think you went a little further and were like, how about let's let's take it to like a, just the feeling of like not belonging. And so you Dude. made an amazing, you have a way of prompting chat GPT, Ian, that is sophisticated and re- results in some lyrics. I don't find it sophisticated, but thank you. <laughs> um, yeah. So essentially he had the imposter syndrome idea and I was thinking like, okay, what can we make this more standard song, core, lyrical content? wise and so what we what i thought it was like okay i have imposter syndrome but imposter syndrome with somebody else it'd be really easy to jump into a relationship so i prompted a little bit of relationship and then i also prompted it with i have imposter syndrome being in this musical or in any world with ai also there i feel like it's better than me i feel like it can do better than me so a lot of you know the nouns and things like that that were the verbs and everything were like electrical techie stuff like sure. that which okay. is really interesting Ian basically writes like a multi-paragraph long prompt that is just like you have this way of just kind of like it's word stream vomiting of stream of sure. consciousness yeah, like maybe that will prompt interesting and creative things and and we, we I think we came to the idea that like we would like the song to be maybe from the perspective of an AI that has imposter syndrome trying to exist in the world Ian has this amazing studio in Midtown that that has the they're on the eighth floor with this giant window that overlooks the Empire State Building so we had to make it also set in New York sure. so we sent that prompt in and we got back garbage yep. um, he used chat gpt 3.5 he used four okay. yeah. i used four i think four is supposed to be the more creative yeah. and so this is what we got from our just first verse after this big prompt woke up today in a world so bright but shadows form beneath the city lights you're soaring high while i remain tied to the ground by invisible chains Starting a song with Woke Up Today has got to be the most <laughs> cliche way of beginning a song. And, and it's like this, an off, off, off Broadway show that yeah, we're making here. Yeah. <laughs> and so the real challenge here is it does write, yeah, the most cliche kind of lyrics. Very obvious end rhymes, bright lights, remain, chains. Oh, that's kind of nice. It's actually made a slant rhyme. Sure. But it's, it's really bad at like multisyllabic rhymes, which is what makes, you know, a great verse, uh, strange rhyme schemes and things like that. We were also upset that it was kind of vague. Good songs are going to have some specifics. Like you want the red scarf in a Taylor Swift song sure. that's going to guide you through the entire narrative. And so we, we tried a different approach. Uh, I, I borrowed this songwriting tool from Jeff Tweedy of Wilco. And he's got this idea where you want to hack your brain and put together unlikely pairings of words are often where you find interesting new meaning. So I said, give me, this is one of his exercises, give me 10 verbs that are about imposter syndrome and then give me 10 nouns that are objects in New York City. And it started giving me more interesting poetic things, including intruding skyscrapers, shattering street lamps. Looting newsstands, tampering taxis. I said, okay, well, take some of those and try to write uh, some lyrics. So it gave me this verse. Intruding skyscrapers, piercing the night. In their looming shadows, we tried to find the light. Sneaking subways, silent cries they echo. We're in different lanes, 
waiting for the Metro. Now, not better, bad. not bad, better, better. We liked Metro, although clearly nobody in New York City calls no. the subway the Metro. Sneaking subways kind of works for me. Yeah. I like sneaking yeah. subways. And then, so then I was like, wait, we need more specific things. So I then prompted it further. I was like, but can you give me some specific places in New York City? Now we go down the rabbit hole. And <laughs> and, and, and it updated it to intruding skyscrapers, the Empire's Might, by the Flatiron Building, we first saw the light, sneaking subways beneath the Central Park, by the Bethesda Terrace, we lost our spark. And you immediately start singing... Do you remember? No, no. <laughs> the, uh, the Alicia Keys song. Oh, yeah. In New York. <laughs> it was just so, like, incredibly specific. Or, like, gave, you know, I, I, I love an actual place, something tangible. Sure. You know, like, I put the word Bowery in so many of my songs. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but... Not every line. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. So we kept prompting and kept prompting and trying to get better material out of it, and it just wasn't working. And so we decided to go with sort of the, the I think, what was the second prompt, the one that used that sort of noun verb exercise. And, sure. And Ian is really good at uh, reducing bad lyrics that's been submitted to him and mm. make them, you know, more singable. So we knew we had something he could work with. I think my favorite AI tool, actually, that we used the entire time, I'm assuming it's AI, I don't know, was he took a picture of my computer screen with the lyrics on it, and Apple automatically can identify the text, and he could copy and paste the text from the picture into an Apple note and edit it. I think most I of I love that that's the best know, AI right? that was that was the best <laughs> that thing that we so used. That is so telling. <laughs> and I, I think mo- the tools that I had the most fun with are the things that often market their AI-ness the mm. least. Interesting. Uh, so I don't know if there's some sort of, you know, machine learning in, in that tool. Yeah, no, that I'm, counts. I'm that's AI. That. Okay, yeah, we're good. Oh, great, great, yeah. great, great. All right, we got an idea. We've got some rough lyrics. We need a vibe. And so we went hunting for sounds. And the first place we went was a, a website called Suno. Suno is kind of like the mid-journey for music. They have a Discord server where you can enter a prompt, and it's going to spit out rather than a picture like mid-journey. It's going to it's going to spit out music, and it's I believe fully synthesized music, including lyrics and and vocals. So can I play you what we got? Please. Okay. We're just going to do a smattering of sounds for now. We entered the first verse, that intruding skyscrapers verse, and this is what it gave us. Intruding skyscrapers piercing the night in the looming shadows. We try to find the light. I was like, okay, I like the Nokia ringtone. Yep, We're going to yep, use that. Yep. And we've got some vocals. So like, all of that was synthesized. That was all you, synthesized. You fed it yeah. text yeah. and it came back with that. That's okay. right. Also, this is the full audio quality, like, to be told oh, yeah. to. It's like like, a, this, this isn't being degraded at all through right. the listening process no, here. This is the full auto, audio qualities. <laughs> it's it basically out. Nokia yeah. ringtone quality. Yeah, yeah, yeah ex- exactly. <laughs> okay. And then actually, just like Midjourney, it will give you alternatives. So it gave us this other track as well. And this one we thought was kind of trash, but it has this... Yeah. I'm getting like bad country song vibes from yeah. this. Yeah. But we like this little sort of piano-y synth thing. Now we have the problem that we want these individual pieces of material to play with. So we go to a website called audioshake.ai, and they will stem your pre-existing music for you. We need it all separated. Audioshake will take that track, and it gives us the vocals, the little piano riff we liked from the first one, and and some like other stuff. And then you can listen to them individually. So this seems like the kind of thing that I could see being useful for lots of things in the world, but not really in the music making process. Like, are you often pulling stems out of existing things when you're making music? Well, I mean, generally, that's 
against copyright. So well, yeah, we exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> People use it for remixing. So, sure, sure. so especially when, when like it's a really old song and so you do have the rights for mm-hmm. it, big name artists are actually using this tool to be able to get the stems to be able to remix. Right. Yeah. You um, also see it all over TikTok and stuff. They're using it to like isolate the vocals and stuff sure. like that. that kind of stuff. Yeah, 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 right. Okay. So isolating vocals. Shooting skyscrapers. We now have isolated vocals. Okay. Right. And we have a little fun riff, this little synthy thing. My, I do like that. My 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 Nokia my Nokia ring ringtone is yeah. nice. Okay, so that's the first sound we assemble. We've got Suno. We also pulled piano riff. Yeah. That thing from the Bad Country song. Yeah, we got that as well. All right, so we got those sounds. I then just went to like a ton of other. We will make music for you AI sites, thinking maybe I can just keep stemming stuff, and a lot of them are really bad. The quality of music that we were getting back would not fit like top forty pop kind of vibe. They're much more like background advertisement, sort of mood music. Uh, but we figured maybe we could, you know, get inspired by one. And so we went to a place called Soundful and heard this music, which I think sounds like a pharma ad. <laughs> Side effects include dry mouth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And we're like, okay, so we <laughs> we took this to audio shake and we got the piano. Which okay. Is- the quality is not no. great, but this guy's a wizard. And I we knew he could do something with it um, when we play with it. We got a few more sounds. We went to Splice is one of the uh, biggest libraries of samples, and they have a new tool that will automatically pair different samples together for you as sort of like a starter. Okay. And we went to their beta AI tool, and they made this sound for us. These are four different samples that Splice just kind of randomly put together. And we thought sounded kind of like a really bad phone call again. Yeah. <laughs> like you're on waiting. It's like <laughs> but we liked the kick drum, so we we got the kick drum. Okay. Full drums, yeah. Snare too. You had a sample of your own. Mm-hmm. Ian has he has a you know professional producer, has a bunch of starter sounds that he can bring to any session and just like get things going creatively. But we had to figure out how to process something he'd already made through AI. Sure. Uh, and so there was a tool by a company called Output called Arcade that will automatically take your sample and play it back to you with some kind of AI tool that will make some creative choices. It's with essentially that sample. the listening and chopping. Arcade also does a creative function where you can set the key and it looks at the tempo and then it will give you sounds that could work. It's not using any kind of learning technology in this case, but they have a new portion where you can input a sample. It learns that sample, figures out where to chop it, and then plays it back to you in creative chops. I see. Okay. So here's the chops that it gave us. All right. Now we have a selection of sounds. Like basically, we have lyrics. We have collected our paints. We got to now <laughs> put something together. Right. And all in different keys, all in different tempos. Uh-huh. I think that whole process took us like two and a half hours of getting all that material and just like getting something to work with. And we have a lot of piano tracks. A lot of I, piano tracks. Been keeping track. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm feeling this is gonna be a very moody song. We were thinking moody. I mean, yeah. Like because we actually made a. I didn't say we did make a little reference playlist of mm. of artists that maybe could inspire the vibe. We, we definitely wanted moody piano was on there we wanted a sort of mid-tempo happy sad uh walking through new york in the rain kind of thing at night but yep. it's like neon all around all right so Love that's it. that's the vibe yeah and with all of that prompt we probably could have written a song or two in the amount of time that it took us to collect these sounds which are very <laughs> sure. lo-fi uh and need a lot of processing right. to make sound good so ian 
takes first the piano and gives us this riff, the, uh, the piano from Suno. piano from Soundful, actually. Which, you know, sounds a whole lot better than... Oof. Yeah. That's where we started, yeah. That's where we start. And then I think we had these, like, interesting... We we had those, like, sparkly sound effects. That was Nokia, yeah. We piled them together. Mm Mm-hmm. And then we had that kick drum. It took us probably a half hour to process the sounds to actually sound better than they initially did. We thought, okay, that's sort of like a pre-chorus chorus. Now let's use some of our other sounds. Let's make a verse. And one of the issues is we didn't have a bass, and we were trying to limit ourselves to only the sounds that we had at our disposal. So... We took this tiny little sample from Suno again. Suno, the sort of mid-journey like right. app. That. Just that. Okay. That. And I turned that into a bass sound. That's like a space bass. <laughs> space I like bass. it. Okay. By like <laughs> staring and fiddling. A bu- Basically, I put that into a sampler. I process it. I do a bunch of different things to it to give us some kind of bass something. And I think uh, it, uh, I use the same sample and to make this as well. It just took so long took to so get long. from that one to another sure. one. We just had to run it through like three plugins, and yeah, it was okay. So, uh, and we have one more sound, which was this. I can't even remember which one this came from. That was from my loop. That's the, your, this is your from loop. The arcade, yeah. This Got is the it. arcade okay. loop. Okay, and so kind of all those things together give us a verse vibe. And then I think there's this other little chirpy sound. That was the piano. Uh-huh. And the sounds are like, they're a little, they're, they're, yeah. they've got a lot of texture, we'll say. Uh-huh. I think they sound kind of like, the Nokia ringtone is probably the best metaphor, but for me, it's like those really bad MP3s that you definitely didn't download off of Kazaa or Napster, you know, 20 years ago. That's kind of the quality that they came in. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's that one that it kind of makes you want to like peel your headphone off just to make sure it's like not you didn't blow your speakers yep. yeah so the next thing is okay we have now we have a vibe we have some lyrics we've got to put together some kind of what we'll call top line we need a melody that's mm-hmm. going to go on top this is where i think we gave up on trying to use an ai to write a melody i was just like <laughs> ian get in the booth sure uh, i just start riffing and see what works. he and- puts on some auto-tune here's what he gives us intruding skyscrapers pierced through the night Looming shadows under the city lights. Not bad. He, he kind of has massaged the lyrics. Mm-hmm. I will say that I think Intruding Skyscrapers is a terrible opener to a song. It's very wordy. <laughs> yeah. Intruding Skyscrapers. Ugh. It's yeah. a lot of syllables yeah. to say at the very beginning. It doesn't, yeah. doesn't roll off easily. No. So we build a whole bunch of melodic ideas, pair them with these lyrics. Ian puts down a whole set of vocals to the entire song. The more interesting thing, though, is we can't use his voice. We have to use someone else's voice. So we send this through voiceswap.ai. If you uh, want to release a track with them, they will actually allow you to license their professional singers. This is one of the few tools that has actually made pretty high quality tools specifically for musicians. So they're actually generating 
models like with specific That's musicians right. yeah. and then you can plug your own stuff in and get their generated stuff if, out if you license it. it for right. a couple hundred dollars basically sure. so this is for journalistic demo purposes only we're not releasing this song and so Do we, we have send- a name for the song by the way have we titled it yet at this point in the process? I don't belong, probably. Yeah. Okay. You haven't heard the chorus yet. Oh, you're right. I yeah. apologize. All right. I don't belong, parentheses, intruding skyscrapers. There you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's it. Perfect. <laughs> All right. So we send his voice through the voice model. Mm-hmm. Intruding skyscrapers, pierce through the night, blooming shadows under the city lights. Now, it sounds very process and affected because we intentionally took his auto-tuned vocal and mm-hmm. sent it through the, 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 the model. We want this to sound like it might be an AI singing to us. I was so going to say, did it not, sounds more robotic in a good yeah, way. Yeah, we than, didn't yeah. want it to sound natural. That was right. the goal. Probably voice swap is supposedly the best at doing this, but we tried to hack their thing to give us bad quality sure. uh, material back. There were a few other small tools we used at this point. I mentioned that Google has a handful of projects, one called Magenta, mm-hmm. where they will edit MIDI data. That's basically, you know, the programming language that musicians use to input music into their their software. And we had made this little rhythm on our own. Just that. And what Magenta would do is it will give you variations on your rhythm. So it gave us this. Okay. I mean, yeah. one of us could have done this, but we yeah. just figured, all right, that, there's one. It's nice interesting how many of these tools are doing kind of roughly the same thing where you it's like, I mean, they're basically all chat GPT, right? <laughs> like you say, like, here's a thing. Give me other versions of this thing. And yeah. it's, it's able to do that with sort of some level yeah. of competence. But there's so many moments in this process, it seems like where you've said, like, OK, we need to put all these pieces together or we need to yeah, start from scratch yeah. and get somewhere and these yeah. tools are just they have nothing yeah to do. i mean because like i like i just need one little percussion idea and i honestly don't there's probably some tool somewhere but if you ask me can you like go interpolate and make me an interesting little top percussion moment like it would have been faster to program but For anyways sure. i used magenta to make this little it's intentionally buried in the back of the track and there's a um, artificial tape plug-in to sound like like a tape machine sure. that's trained off of a neural net that we put in here to to process made by baby audio finally i'm gonna play the whole thing in just a second love it we put the whole song together and there's a company called isotope that uh has a mix and master assistant tool uh their mixing tool is called neutron and that will go on every single track and you can basically say hey mix this track for me and then at the end on on the, the the full master track you put ozone and same thing rather than mixing and mastering the song ourselves we just hit the master assist uh with a license that ozone gave that mm-hmm. isotope gave us for to make this song and isotope specifically is pretty widely used right i don't know how much Very the ai stuff used. is but, but the isotope yeah. thing is, is actually pretty and this well is a known. great example of like the ai marketing around isotope and ozone it's just like a tiny little slice yeah. of what that's for sure. being used for i think i think they're mostly chasing after the people who are doing the top of the top work and know the sound so well and just want to make a really big help tool in order mm. to jump on they don't want to necessarily necessarily take someone from like zero percent to ten percent for sure yeah yeah that makes yeah. sense yeah. so anyway do you hear the track yeah here's what we got this is i don't belong parentheses intruding skyscrapers intruding skyscrapers pierce through the night Blooming shadows under the city lights Sneaking through the subway silent cries They echo, we're in different lanes Waiting for the metro City of dreams, we're all intertwined Trust passing fire escapes Trying to make you mine 
We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and talk more about this, but we're going to let this play us out. Did you know the Capital Ideas podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor, what's a mistake they made that changed their approach, and how do they find their next great idea. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Support for this show comes from Slack. You're a growing business and you can't afford to slow down. If anything, you could probably use a few more hours in the day. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. All right, we're back. We brought in Eli Patel. Hi, Eli. Hey, what's up? It's time to talk about our feelings. But first, I want to know, you were sitting in the control room listening to the song. What do you think? Is it a song? Do we have a banger on our hands? <laughs> I think someone needs to go in and move those drums <laughs> into the pocket. They're they're early. The snare was early. That's like I can't hear anything beyond that, and that's just that's just me. Okay, that's you should the first have thing I so to. many more critiques. <laughs> I, I'm confident there are more critiques to be uh, had. It, it, it's really hard for like my musical representation <laughs> on this show to be. <laughs> it's very difficult yeah. for me. So do you do you listen to that and think like is there anything in that? That's interesting to you as a so, musician? The, the, the more I've done this, the more I produce music for like so many different people, the more I've realized that I do make bad music and that's okay and that's going to go right into the trash can and that <laughs> is just fine. I'll okay. make a better one tomorrow. And, you know, it was really fun using all of these tools, but it would take me more time to go into this and try and save stuff from it than it would j- just be to make a new song. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's my, my old feeling about AI in general is it is a canon of C-plus content. Yeah. And if you point a canon of C plus content yeah. at any business model, something happens. And that song, like, it's a well, that song is like a canon blast of C plus content. Right? I, I think the biggest problem was that we used that piano, which came from what sounded like a pharma ad, <laughs> and so we, we started from a terrible source material. I remember when we were when you were working with it, we're like, we're not going in the right direction. What are we gonna do? And I was like, we got to make the the verses got to be minor because yeah. it's too happy, and it just like we ended up making like slightly better remixed pharma music. Yeah. Uh, so. I don't know. I mean, I, I, look, have you listened to the radio lately? It's, <laughs> it's not not what the kids are listening to. <laughs> uh, okay, so the piece of this that I think is left to talk about is the like what this means, like the capital F feelings about all of this, right? And I think, Neil, we've spent a lot of time in the show talking about like what AI does to these industries and how we use them. But I'm especially curious, like, and we talked a little bit about this at the beginning, but like as people who make pu- music professionally, we're in this moment where I think most of these tools are not very good. Many of these tools are 
useless, as we were talking about at the beginning. But like, there are a lot of people who would tell you we are on the road to this stuff becoming a part of life, right? And I guess the first thing I wonder is like, the story of technology helping us make music goes back forever, right? And there's like, there have been these sort of moral panics about auto-tune and the idea that you can make drums on your computer instead of having to play drums and everybody gets up in arms about that. Like, is AI different from those things or is it just kind of another technology on the spectrum of how we make music, which is a forever changing thing? I don't think this is any bigger of a step than we've had in the past. Just because a lot of the AI technology uh, that we have is just doing little steps if you really look into it. So we have like Splice that has every loop under the sun that I can just drop into my song and it can or cannot work, but I instantly have a great quality, let's say, drum recording. And then you have uh, programs like Drum Monkey, which uses AI. I'm not actually sure how because I'm pretty sure it just reads the BPM of the song, which is incredibly easy to do. And then you choose the genre you want, and then you hit generate. And it gives you a drum sample pattern. And you can hit generate again, and it'll give you a different drum sample pattern. And to me, that's kind of no different than going on splice and going through those sounds and picking one from there. It's automatically syncing up right away so you can hear it quicker. But there isn't a giant step anywhere in music that I have seen, at least. I think a great analogy would be like the release of drum machines in the 1980s. Like Originally, these things were made to be like demo devices, maybe replace a drummer and a lot of them were completely not uh, they were failures the most important sound in contemporary popular music is probably roland's tr808 the drum machine that was a failure ended up in pawn shops and early hip-hop producers start thinking well that's a cool sound if i if i misappropriate it and use it in these different ways and i mix it in interesting ways this thing which sounds kind of like a toy actually sounds amazing and it took decades for these uh, you know, rejected devices then to become the mainstream sound. I think what will be most interesting are the weird sounds that you can get out of these tools, kids in their basements figuring out how to misuse them, at least at the state we are today, uh, to create new, interesting, creative material. But this was mostly a really challenging exercise with the exception <laughs> of isotope tools were very usable. Very useful. I mean, we use those every day professionally anyways. Apple's iPhone was very useful. <laughs> and ChatGPT was mildly useful. You know, you brought up autotune. And the panic over autotune, it's important to just remember when autotune first hit as an effect, they lied about it. Mm-hmm. Because the stigma was so incredible. So Believe by Cher, they overdid the autotune. And there are articles upon articles where the producers of that song just invented other lies to claim that they had done something that was not use auto-tune on share because they were so worried about the stigma of having used the software. And now it's like everyone just uses it all the time. And I, I think we're in that moment with AI just like across the board creatively where no one wants to cop to it, but it's just going to be in the background of all these tools that we're using all the time. And the question is, can you make something that sounds different or great? And I think the worry is that you're going to type in pop song and get that and yep. that will be all of music. And- <laughs> yep. Okay. Eli, I feel slightly insulted. Just Why? to be clear, we didn't, because we you... didn't prompt that. We actually we actually worked to make something over <laughs> about two hours that, that was song-ish. <laughs> song-ish. Yeah. Yeah. You know. And- Using only AI tools. And yeah, it was, ve- it was very challenging to make anything. Uh, it, it just led us in strange directions. But- so look, I think that's as big of a hit as Believe. <laughs> oh, no. <never. laughs> Let's wow. get out there. Come on. <laughs> All right. Y'all have a good day. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. So, Ian, if somebody walks into your studio and is like, I have the beginnings of something, I made it entirely with AI. Mm-hmm. 
Are you going to like roll your eyes and kick them out of the studio? Oh, not at all. I, no? I take demos from artists all the time. So a lot of times we'll do stuff from scratch, but generally I'm working with stuff who like they've already had the guitar part and the vocal and that kind of thing. And yeah, there's no stigma behind any of it. You know, there's a bigger stigma, I think, right now with sa- using full samples mm. than there is using uh, any kind of AI tool, where if all of my drums are from one like drum sample loop people are like oh you could have been more creative than just go on splice and drag that in that's more of a stigma than like using an ai tool at this point that's really interesting so and what about the like i was just thinking listening to that vocal that has got to feel weird for you having uploaded your voice to a piece of software that spit back your singing in somebody else's voice Mm -hmm. and i feel like i wonder about that creatively with all of this stuff right obviously there's big copyright questions about who owns a voice and can you make a song with fake drake that counts but i wonder like it's got to feel weird to hear that out in the world whether you're drake or you like listening to someone else sing your song that was just your voice 30 seconds ago yeah what does that feel like I mean, for me, I like my voice, so I'd rather just stick with my voice. (laughs) But coming from, I work with so many uh, vocal producers or producers in general, top line writers that do not like their own voice at all. And they have to manipulate it and tune it a lot to get it to the point they would like to get it to. So if you're not a fan of your vocal tone, but you can get your point across in a recording, then you can change out your voice with something like this. And a lot of the work I do is I'll create a full beat. I'll put on the top line myself, the lyrics and melody and everything, and then I'll send it to an artist it's a pitch and if they like the song they'll remove my top line and put theirs on and keep everything else so essentially you know you don't have to keep the ai generated voice but it gives a reference for a pitch situation interesting this is also just like an age-old issue people feel uncomfortable with their voice and uh there have been hacks that we've used for decades whether that's reverb and compression or oftentimes in fact when you went in the booth the very common thing to do when you're trying to improvise melodies and top line over a beat is you just put on auto-tune almost to max mm. and it lets you be looser and freer mm. and so I think there's actually something very yeah there, there's something liberating about being like ah, I don't feel good about my voice but I know I can make a song and I can make it sound better if I just you know work massage it with these tools Neil how do you feel about your singing voice yeah two I'm, three four yeah. <laughs> uh, you know when I was in the punk band in college I sang with a British accent no. <laughs> uh, that's AI right there that's man. just some straight <laughs> Al Jurgensen did it in ministry and I'm gonna do it too and that's that was the road I was in. You know, you said there's copyright issues. There aren't, though. That's that's actually the thing, right? That your voice is not protected in that way. There's like a handful of laws at the state level that might protect it, but n- none has ever been tested. And the real question is not, can I sing into a computer and have it sound like whoever so I can send it to someone else and they can – it's can I distribute that and tell everyone it was Drake? Right. Or tell everyone right. that it, it sound alike to Drake. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure we can't release any part of what we made more because of uh, licensing issues rather than copyright issues mm-hmm. because some of these tools we've used probably have some kind of license that needs purchased to be able to then you know use some of their sounds. And yeah. uh, we did not do all of that perfectly. I promised David that I would bring up the thong song on today's <laughs> episode of The Verge Cast. What, what's fascinating about the music industry right now, and Charlie and I have talked about this lots of times, is that the norms inside the music industry about sample usage, about interpolation, about all this stuff have almost nothing to do anymore with copyright law. So I know this fact about the thong song now, and I will come back to it over and over again. Cisco does not own the publishing to the thong song because he said live in La Vida Loca in that song one time. Oh, wow. No way. In the chorus. And Ricky Martin's songwriter came and took it and makes all the money every time that song is played. 
Wow. That's just wow. ridiculous to me. Uh, T-Pain, I think, that just this week uh, revealed that he owns almost none of the publishing to buy you a drink. Because there's what? all these little quotes in it. And all those people came for him and they took his publishing away. Right. Wow. And that's like, they didn't go to court. The norms, just lawyering up and yeah, the pressuring people. in the music industry are just like, we're going to, we've built this other system. And it, if you just describe that to you, it's like if you just whisper the phrase live in La Vida Loca, like Ricky Martin appears <laughs> and like takes your money away, is that's not right. Like it doesn't it doesn't sit right with me anyway. And I think this AI stuff is gonna lead to like a supercharged version of that where like the computer is automatically giving Ricky Martin money because it's been trained on his song. Like that seems like it will fall apart. Well, it seems it seems to me like it goes one of two ways where either those norms become really, really, really aggressive and careful and everybody becomes very litigious about everything like you're talking about. Or it goes the other way and we end up in this place where it sort of nobody owns anything. It's just like pure anarchy and yeah, chaos not, because you don't know. But no, we're going to get to this point now. I don't now know if you've where, like, the music industry. <laughs> I mean, everybody's going to get real litigious at the beginning. But like, we're, we're going described this as with, a cruel and shallow money trench. <laughs> but like we're going through this with chat GPT right now, right? Yeah. Where it's like, they're like, oh, well, this sounds like the book that I read or that I wrote. And OpenAI is just like, who's to say? And it's just, <laughs> we're, we're just like, we're putting so many black boxes between I made something and something else exists that is kind of similar to the thing that I made that I wonder if it's just going to get harder and harder to understand provenance and where all this stuff came from and what counts as a sample and who's responsible and where. And it's just like, I, I suspect but this, when you say like, how do you feel about this, this, this is the thing that I that gives me the most uncomfortable feeling, because they're not going to not try, right? And they're going to they're already trying really hard. Like YouTube has a deal with Universal, which yep. seems very terrifying to me, and they've already built this bizarre system where Charlie came on and we talked about Olivia Rodrigo's public, handing out publishing credits on right. an episode of Decoder, where Olivia Rodrigo's like, fine, Paramore can have a credit, even though probably shouldn't. Right. Or like the Taylor Swift ones. The Taylor Swift ones really shakier. Right. And it's like the industry has decided they don't, inside the family, they're not going to fight. Right. And the famous people will just like collect some money from new artists. And you just keep spinning that up with AI. And you're like, oh, eventually the rich are just going to get richer here. In like ways that I think disincentivizes anyone from trying to make anything new. Like you might as well in that case then just try to flip samples as creatively as possible and hand the money back out. Right. And that that's the feeling here that it's like the music industry's response to AI is to become even more corporate in in a way that just makes me like like I'm an old punk rocker like that seems like not what you should do you know like yeah you should like the kids should revolt against all of that and like Olivia Rodrigo should be like I'm I'm definitely not paying you but in the same way the industry, as I've noticed, is getting a lot politer in some ways. And I realize when we think about that, it, it might not look that way. But, you know, when I have writing sessions with people now, there'll be four people in a room. And let's say three of us do 90 percent, not 99 percent of the work. And the other person lays one base note down. That's four equal splits on yeah. publishing. And I, I kind of see it the same way with, you know, you're anticipating the lawsuit and there's going to have to be a payout regardless and like all this stuff just to make it go away. Like there's definitely that side of it. That's why you add the credit. It's initially, but it's more so just like a 
I don't know, a peace offering of kindness to be like, here, take this. And it is cool seeing people like, you know, the higher up artists that are handing out to like lower level artists, these publishing credits and that kind of thing, too. So I don't know the way I think about it is it is getting politer. But yeah, when we thinking about AI in the industry, it's it's corporations. Yeah. And, it, and then it's automated. That, mm-hmm. That's the thing that gets me. It's like, OK, some artists are handing out some credits as they go through a writing session. OK, like. I don't know how you feel about Ricky Martin, but like, yes or no, that happened, right? On the flip side, it's like, okay, I made a song using AI, uploaded it to YouTube. YouTube is like, Drake gets a piece of this. Yeah, I mean, I don't make Switched on Pop video versions for YouTube because the content ID system is such a pain that I don't want to deal with it because it will demonetize everything. You have to fight everything. Even for journalistic purposes, if you use any copyrighted material, which is absolutely fair use, YouTube is just its own government. Right. Yeah. With its own set of ideas. It's, it's not actually a copyright issue. It is a set of private contracts between copyright holders with YouTube that has a system that you have to go through that is its own court. Yeah. And it's just such a pain that I don't deal with it. And I'd rather just make a podcast. <laughs> right. <laughs> Charlie, this- you were mentioning before, like you didn't do this process of making all this stuff in the most sort of like upstanding pay everybody who should weigh. Uh, but like you left a trail that every one of these services knows about right and and to your point as they get better at doing things like having deals with record labels and stuff like it may be true that that money just like slowly starts to disappear every time you open a new app and right now this stuff is happening like in discords and like one of the most popular things is like a it's in a google drive and you just upload your file to a google drive (laughs) and then download it from a different google drive and it's like that is fine and going to be hard for anyone to figure out how to make money off of. But eventually, if this stuff gets better as quickly as people think it's going to, it's going to get corporatized too. They're going to make these same deals. And then all of a sudden, as you make music, you're just going to leave these like breadcrumbs. A number of these services claim to have watermarks within them so that they could identify automatically with with systems if you haven't properly licensed. Do you believe them? Mm. You know how like the BBC used to drive around London with a truck that could detect TV antennas if you didn't pay the fee? <laughs> I'm just saying, man. <laughs> I think the question is, how good do AIs get at tracking those things down for them? Because it's a pain to to, yeah. to to enforce. But I think enforcement of copyright will get significantly easier. I mean, there are people making very effective DRM tools that can basically track every misuse of copyright on Instagram. Uh, people just because Instagram is basically a one giant copyright cluster, right? Yeah. People are taking people's intellectual property all the time and reposting it without permission. And no one's really enforcing it because it's difficult. But there are companies that can help you do so if you want to. But it's also mind numbing because uh, so I I put out a song that was 100 percent or I wrote it. I did everything on it. I had 100 percent of the master, 100 percent of the publishing. I put a TikTok video out using that audio and the audio got removed for copyright. No. Wait, what? I own it. Yeah. yeah. But this is so like all these automated systems have some error. Rate, <laughs> yeah. Right. A hundred percent. I could post we'll my just, own song. We'll just yeah. take. Did you have any? Did they tell you? Like, what? What did you do wrong? You literally yeah, violated no your own you copyright. Made music. Exactly. The, yeah. estate, the estate of Marvin Gaye. I forgot Gay to pay myself. <laughs> this yeah. is this is why I actually we need AI music. We can't make music anymore because it's so litigious. And the, all these but this is what so I'm saying, right? Use. You build these systems with this weird understanding of who gets paid and why inside of it, and the answer is because you exist and you might sue us. And then the error rate in the system makes it so new artists can't upload their own music. And it's like, well, that's not the. That's just definitely the, the wrong outcome. You make. Uh, I'll give you the um, the blurred lines example. Like, you open an AI drum program, and you're like, "Give me a Marvin Gaye beat." Yeah. And the estate of Marvin Gaye is like, that sounds too much like any song. 
we're, can you we're imagine you that where you could prove that AI made it and then you could like <laughs> like counter sue it? Yeah. I just think like that's the thing, like that's the feeling I get with all this stuff is once you just add this much software to the creative process and the pressure on the software is to do automated enforcement or automated credits or to not do things to protect you. It's like, oh, we've just pushed creativity into one tiny little box. I honestly, throughout this whole conversation, I'm still wondering, like, what is even the point of using any of these tools? Because in music at this point, there's just no scarcity. If you want a sound, it exists. You can get it for free or cheap. If you want professional-level tools, you can use them with a decent computer. Uh, there are free tools available to make very high-quality music. Like, if you ask us to go do this process again using only a $100 guitar and plugins that were free off the internet, we would make a much better song. <laughs> no, just BandLab. So band, oh, BandLab. BandLab.com, yeah, yeah. entirely free, and anyone can use it i guarantee you you just you just pick loops and you drop them in and it manipulates them and makes them all fit together i've taught band lab to eight-year-old children and they had it like that wow yeah. and it's so so easy to use so, and it's free and everything is yours it, it's entirely royalty free so why do but we don't need these tools to make music for us unless there's there, there's definitely like the amateur who's trying to learn or wants to express something i think is certainly interesting but as, as you know working professional it's kind of like if you want the high quality sound, you're not getting it from these things. So why even like deal with the future headache that Neil is discussing? <laughs> you put yourself in that world. Yeah. Yeah. But this is just at the bottom of the curve though. I mean, that's sure. kind of right. This is the, the 808 example. Like it didn't work for that workflow and then the stuff got discarded and then people who were not part of the gate kept system were like, we're going to use it for our own thing. And that became a dominant sound. Like right. that's the pro case here. There's also the like, this idea that culture radically shifts and that all we want is completely individualized art, which doesn't seem very human, yeah. but perhaps that happens. And then like, yeah, we all make our own songs that are in our own perfect little world. The thing is right now, like already there is so much high quality library music, you know, like mm -hmm. like better pharma sounding music <laughs> that you could go listen to, which is like your own special personalized playlist. And actually just, that's not what people usually want. They want to like be in conversation with culture, what other people are doing. And so that, that world doesn't really make sense. Yeah. To me and it goes either. back but to yeah, something maybe, you were saying at the very beginning, which is like, if you, if what you want is an easier way to make like a music bed for your YouTube video, yeah. tools abound and they're getting better very quickly. If you want something that is like good and high quality and will make you feel things and care about things and like be on the radio we're kind of nowhere and still. I, I still think these tools kind of they're pretty janky most of the time like, the other, like <laughs> I just, we just did an episode uh you know with, uh, jimmy buffett recently died and so we did a little tribute episode to him on switched on pop and i had to make a promo for that episode and i was like can i just find jimmy buffett-esque music and I couldn't find anything good on Splice. And I went to some AI tools and was like, make me a Jimmy Buffett song. And I was just like, screw it. This is so annoying. I brought out my acoustic guitar and I just strummed some chords and it sounded way better than anything I was going to generate. <laughs> well, when JimmyBuffett.ai launches, we're having you all back. And oh, this wow. uh, but until then, thank you all for being here. This was unbelievably fun. I really appreciate it. Charlie, will you play us out? Yeah, run it back. <laughs> All right, that's it for the show. Thanks to Charlie, Ian, and Neil I for being here. And thank you, as always, for listening. AI David, do you want to hit the credits again? If you have thoughts, questions, feelings, or other songs you'd like to hear AI David sing, you can always email us at vergecast at theverge.com or keep calling the hotline, 866-VERGE-11, 
We love hearing from you. And the Meta Vergecast episode is coming soon. So if you have questions about The Verge or The Vergecast, send them in quickly. This show is produced by Andrew Marino and Liam James. Brooke Minters is our editorial director of audio. The Vergecast is a Verge production and part of the Vox Media Podcast Network. We'll be back on Wednesday with some more Apple Talk and with plenty of new news on Friday. See you then. Rock and roll.